0: Right, guys, and welcome back to Sport Mental Health and it's all COVID-19's fault. Um, delighted today to be joined by a guy who is is incredibly involved in, in the mental side of the game from my perspective and, and how I see it. This guy runs his own sports consultancy. He's played VFL football, so for people that don't know, the second tier in, in Australian football here in Victoria for six years. Works within that youth development area for charities Game Changer and Life Changer, uh, Brad Sykes. Brad, how are you?
1: Very well. Thank you, Dean. Thanks for the intro, mate. Um, pleased to be on here. It's a beautifully rainy day in Melbourne.
0: It is, mate. It's, it's bloody horrible. It's it's when you like being locked down, isn't it? It's quite <laughs> nice. Yeah. Being told you have to stay in is quite nice on a pissing down day.
1: <laughs> Spot on. What <laughs> <Nice laughs> so England's like- weather all year round or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, the amount of people that say that to me, <laughs> but like nah yeah, it's, it's pretty miserable here, isn't it? Um, but luckily we're luckily we're we're in a house. Do you know what I mean? It's just it could be worse. That's how I look at it now. Very true. Could be worse. Could be worse. But that's uh, so a like like uh, as I said, mate. Like a big thing we're going to focus on, and and you're happy to talk about is the the youth development side and all that. Just just give us a really brief, brief summary of, of what we mean by youth development.
1: Yeah, sure. So, uh, like, a big passion of mine for the last six years or so has just been about, yeah, in, in, in essence, developing the youth and making sure that they've um, they've got sort of the life skills that they can, they can utilise in any way, shape or form. And usually that's through the medium of sport, uh, but it doesn't have to be. Yep. Just following a a passion, having a purpose, uh, but also just yeah, how to bounce back, how to be confident in situations, and and essentially just be uh, good contributing members to society in general, and uh, and understanding that life is bigger than than yourself. It's it's about others and how, how many people you can bring along for the ride as well. So uh, I'm just really passionate about that that age that age group between sort of six and eighteen because you, yes, school's very important, but what you can actually do and, and how you can build your life and, and your morals and values in that time is, is equally as important.
0: Yeah, perfect. And that's that's something that's, you know, when we when I started this podcast, we worked on, I, I really focused on mental health of the people we spoke to, but it's really interesting you and, and when we had TDL on a few weeks ago, like it, it's great to see guys that are going in and, and sort of, getting into the mental side of things with younger kids and and making it great. So I'm buzzing to hear about that, mate. Um, Yeah. Let's crack on. Awesome. So, Brad, let, let's just let's just come back into the now. And, and this, so obviously, Melbourne, we're in a we're in a stage four lockdown. So basically, you, you kind of have to ask permission just to go to the toilet um, <laughs> is the sort of stages we're living in. How, how's this? How's that affected you in, in in terms of work and well anything, really?
1: No, it's, uh, yeah, you're right, mate. I actually do need to ask permission to go to the toilet because, uh, my, my partner's seven months pregnant and I just need to make sure it's not going make, <laughs> to make, make her sick or she needs to quickly go because there's something pressing Check. on her, on her movements. Check <laughs> but, got a window. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Go, go, go. Um, but no, in all seriousness, it's been a very interesting time in, in our lives, in, in everyone's lives in Metro Melbourne. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's affected me and others in different ways. But uh, in, in essence, I'm, you know, I feel a little bit weird saying this, but I, I think it's, it's what I've, I've needed. It's what a lot of my um, circles, uh, whether they be friends or family, have needed just to sort of sit down, relax, take a deep breath and just think about what we're grateful for, um, slow down a little bit, reflect and, you know, yes, it's a real illness and, yes, it's a, it's a tragic circumstances with people losing livelihoods and businesses and and their lives at times, yeah. but i've actually from a from a self centered point of view i've i've enjoyed yeah i've lost i've lost work i've lost a lot of my income absolutely i'm not i'm not um yeah but we like you just said before we've got a roof over our heads um and yeah very lucky to be bringing a, a new human into the world in November. And I just uh, am thankful that what we do have is still our minds, still our physical bodies, and we're still able to, to uh, do good if we choose to do it.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a really – that's an interesting perspective on it because most people when you say, "Ah, oh, how are you doing at lockdown? Ah, shit, mate. You know, that's the normal response. So to actually, to actually turn that on its head and go, you know what, Maybe the work, maybe we did need a bit of a stop and sort of standstill point, point. And um, uh, that positive side, there's a lot of people that have turned their, not turned their lives around, a bit dramatic, but done things they wouldn't have normally done. They wouldn't have had time or had the inclination to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like for instance, I've, um, the last six or seven days I've gone into the bay at seven thirty in the morning, Port Phillip Bay in Melbourne. Um, and it's cold. It's you know the middle of winter here, and we. Uh, it's I'm not a good swimmer. I don't go out where I can't um, touch the touch the bottom uh, just in case I, I freeze and become an icicle. But um, <laughs> but like just doing something that I would never have done. I'd usually be at work by sort of eight o'clock, eight thirty. So I'd you know by the time I'm home it's nine, nine thirty, and I'm on Zoom or whatever. So doing that, getting yeah. outside my comfort zone, going for walks with mates um, or one mate at a time. A meter and a half away is, is all we 're allowed to do, um, and go to the toilet one at a time um, <laughs> but yeah it 's just just one of those things where you 're right like there 's been opportunities to do things that we wouldn 't have done, so let 's look at that uh, that we 're lucky to do that instead of focusing on the stuff that we 're not allowed to do
0: yeah that's no, definitely I think that's a good that's a good uh good idea for how how certain pe- people have stayed. Sort of sane, I guess, or, or just redirected that energy they're not expending elsewhere at work or whatever into mm. their their self, which is which is brilliant. <laughs> to be fair, mm. uh, no, So so, what's your, just just give us a brief overview. Like I said, you played VFL footy for for six years for Casey and Frankston. Yep. So obviously a good standard. Um, just yeah just tell us a little bit about that how did you go like what was the what were the demands like
1: Yeah um yes yeah, so lucky probably quite lucky to be on a list for 6 years I was never never set the world on fire at that level and um like you said at the start it is the the second best sort of competition in Australia but it it's one of those things like you just said the demands are are quite large we we balance study or or full time work um, with you know trying to compete against the AFL players who don't get a game at the top level, and um, and it is quite tough, and uh, and yeah, it's a big commitment for not much financial um, reward or or sort of anything else. It's just more so to <laughs> to better yourself, uh, and it's kind of like an apprenticeship to to make it at the elite level, which only sort of five or ten percent sort of sort of get through. So it's um I lo- absolutely loved it. Got lifelong mates from. From it, particularly from the Frankston Footy Club, uh, but it's just a just a big big slog, and you learn a lot about yourself. And talking about the life skills earlier, like you learn learn a lot of life skills in that short period yeah. in your early twenties.
0: Yeah, I, going in, that's I, I'm massive advocate that sporting environment. I haven't personally played sport for a what a few years now, and I miss it. Like I really want to get back in and do something because. That social connection that you get from those environments are second to none for me.
1: They're great, aren't they? Yeah, it's uh, working hard together and then just enjoying each other's company outside of the actual game. Uh, There's something special special about it and it goes really quickly. Um, So, yeah, we've got to embrace it.
0: I know. It's something I try and bring into my coaching even is the fact of trying to make things – like, you know, you go through that hard – scenario and you work hard and and things are tough afterwards the beer tastes better you know like it's weird and and that's what builds the relationships you know the harder it is and the more you work together the the more the connection gets stronger
1: yeah that's right you've you've worked worked through something together and it's it's you know i think vb um not sure if you drink vb it's better than probably better than any english beer i don't know but um but vb like had a slogan on all around it the hard-earned thirst um and it's it's really it does taste better because you you've earned it and you've you've done something a little bit more um yeah beneficial you haven't just sort of you know sat on the couch taking the easy road the whole day and then it it's it's actually persevering through something uncomfortable usually uh with your mates and then you're like yep i i uh Deserve to pat myself on the back a little bit of recognition.
0: <laughs> exactly that, mate. Exactly. exactly that. So, in in that context, then, what what would you? How would you describe what was the best point of your career? Like in in sport, what was the whether that's playing, coaching, whatever?
1: Oh, wow. Good question. Um,
0: right, so it, it gets okay. deep, mate. It gets yeah. deep. Oh, great. I
1: oh, love it. Love it, mate. <laughs> uh, ooh, probably, I probably only played a handful of senior VFL games, uh, and this is all the way back in 2012, and only at Frankston at the time we, we, weren't, we were not competitive for a half, but we'd tend to drop off, and we, we won one game, uh, in in my in my handful of games ever, and I just recall that day talking about celebrating with your mates that night and stuff. That all, all the the pre seasons, all the hard summer slogs, the um, almost getting selected, not getting selected, the highs and lows of that. Uh, to actually get a VFL win against a AFL aligned club was really really special. Um, yeah, and it it made. Yeah, and going, yeah, just just the whole co- everything, and the emotions get yeah, and you're just like, this is great. Um, so playing against Coburg and beating them out at their at their ground was really special, and um, like you said before, just celebrating with your mates who who know that you've been four or five years on a on a journey, um, and you're able to actually celebrate. I, I get I get emotional even just sort of thinking about the AFL <laughs> players making their debuts now. I know it's I know it's the level above and. They're only eighteen or nineteen, um, and they might play many more games. But it's it's pretty special to see that Gatorade shower and and just the all, yeah all that, all that work has gone into that ninety minutes or however long the game goes for.
0: Um, about six hours, aren't they?
1: Yeah, no, nah, not anymore, mate. <laughs> but yeah, about <laughs> nah, hundred yeah.
0: minutes. Yeah, it, it's it, yeah that's coke. Cool it like all the, uh, the it's an accumulation. Is it? It's not necessarily that one game, but. When that final whistle goes, almost everything that's led to that point gets you, and you you feel like oh, it hits you like a brick wall, and it, it no, it's a great feeling. It's a yeah. great, feeling. and I'd love everyone to have one of those points. But I think I think that feeling is something only sport gives you.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I don't think sure. you get it elsewhere. Yeah, that's that's, that's I'm not sure either because sports always been that outlet and that focus for me um it's never been music or or art in any other way or um so yeah yeah who knows or or cars or or anything like that so i think it's important to have something like that but for yeah i I believe sport teaches so many lessons and and life about all all the stuff that helps you in your personal life and, and and business and and work life so it's really really cool mate
0: yeah, or well, let's go adversely to that. Then, in you've you said there, yeah, there was a few times where you didn't get selected or X, Y, Z. Like, what what would you say is the lowest point? And more importantly, for this podcast, can you try and talk us through how you dealt with that? Because that's that's ultimately what what leads to most mental health things with us is bad points. Yeah, I've ne- never seen someone get depressed because they won the lottery. <laughs> Very rarely, you know. So, what yeah, true. what be the low point and the the way you dealt with that?
1: Yeah, great great question. Probably, oh, it's a tough. It's probably 2015. Um, it's my last year of of VFL footy at Frankston, um, and I was had a really good preseason. Um, I was in, in line for some. Regular senior games that year, and yeah. just landed on my shoulder, and just did my AC joint, and missed about six or eight weeks, and um, and I came back around round three or four of that season, um, and in in the reserves, and was playing some good footy, uh, but then it just sort of, and I think I kicked three or four goals in the first quarter. I was um, I was actually going really really well, uh, but yeah. for some reason I just got like and nothing happened like it wasn't an opposition player it wasn't a coach it wasn't wasn't anything um that that triggered me but for some reason I just got really angry and I'm not a naturally angry person I just got this real I should be on top of the world because I've I've dominated I I just my emotions are typically in check but for this day it was just horrible and I just absolutely capitulated um and didn't want to go back out on the field like this is This is—I played probably three or four hundred games of footy in my junior and senior career, and for some reason, I just didn't want to go out. um, And I had my mates around me, and if it wasn't a team sport, I would have—I would have done a Nick Kyrgios or something and just sort of (laughs) stormed off the court. Yeah. But if it wasn't for my mates, I wouldn't have gone back out there, and we—you know—it just would have really impacted the team. And um, so I went back out there, and then pretty much two or three weeks go by and I just make, made the decision to, to leave the club, which I, which I love. And now I'm a, a, a board member at this club um, and I love, love helping develop the, the young boys going through maybe similar things. But it yeah. was just a real, real dark time where I just had no idea why I was angry.
0: <laughs> it's it's <laughs> and, strange as well, isn't Because you, like you say, you've played all those games. You're obviously older than you've ever been. Like yeah. <laughs> your experience yeah. is at its height. And then all yeah. of a sudden, something left. You know that left hook comes in, and, uh, and knocks you for six.
1: It was so bizarre. Yeah, I had no idea how it happened or why it happened. Um, but I didn't deal with it well. So talking about <laughs> talking about how um, you know it's all good and well to have low points and we all do, but how do we respond to that? At the time, yeah. I was I was piss poor. I I through through the um the baby out with the bath water, um, toys out of the cot, whatever the saying well, don't, goes.
0: Don't doing that in, in November, mate.
1: <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> Definitely not. It's bigger than just me, that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good point. But it was just a really, and, and ever since then um, and and working with youth and doing that probably since that day has been like I don't want to experience that or I don't want other people to yeah. experience that again and, um, and ho- hopefully I've learnt my lesson and, I've grown from it now, but at the time, it was it was really putrid.
0: It's <laughs> interesting because, for me, that links to you, the the brief, and we will get onto this in, in a while, but like that links to sort of the youth development stuff. Like, had you been taught as a youngster how to deal with that stuff a bit more rather than uh, sort of, we're roughly the same age, to sort of throw them in the swimming pool, see if they can swim. If you'd mm-hmm. have been told, like, this is what, you, this, you might get this, you know, it, it brings more credence to the work you're doing there as well, which is, you know, it's quite – it, it shows you that what you're doing is worthwhile and that that experience was worth something in the long run.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt. I think um, I probably needed to take a bit more ownership, but I think being uh, – and there's a lot of guys and girls like this um, – think things typically came relatively easy – to me, in terms of school yep. and sport, and I probably didn't develop the right habits or the right um, behaviours in order to to overcome yeah. any any adversity when I was younger. Um, yes, we had our challenges, and you know we've all sort of got a story of, of our challenges when we were kids and and whatnot. But I, yeah, like that was just a an outlier, and I'm just I just absolutely panicked and and didn't didn't deal with it well at all. Um, was stubborn and. Yeah, but now I can understand the importance of mentors and people who've been through maybe what you're going through and talking about it and holding yeah. their hand through that experience is a is a really powerful thing. Um,
0: yeah, and- I 100% agree with that. I, I try and be. I know I try and be as supportive as a coach as you can be with without losing any authority, or but also being that personable and approachable kind of character. Yes, because you know what they're going to be, they're going to be going through. And like I'm, I'm a male working in the female game, which which has, you know, like immediately the, there's biological and mental differences there straight away. Obviously, um, yeah. so I have to be. I find I'm I'm more cautious of that. Yes, um, but but I think it's a really good lesson and a really good um, thing for people listening to take away is. I think if we draw on those poor, poorer experiences from ourselves and, like you said, points where you could have took more ownership, mm. uh, that we pass that on to the people that we're interacting with in every day, let alone just sport, you know. Yep. It's, it's something that could be transferable. Really, really good insight, mate. Uh, appreciate that. Thanks. No worries. So, Brad, thanks again for joining us. Um, we get, we're going to move on a little bit now from, from your sporting career and, and, and that sort of stuff. I, I really want to delve into this, this idea of individual development that you're working in. Like, like I've said earlier, it, it really fascinates me. Um, so, like, why? what makes you want to get involved in personal mental development as a career?
1: Yeah, good, good question. Uh a lo- lot. I like that question, mate, because it's never sort of been asked. To be fair, it's just something oh, mate, that
0: this is incisive journalism.
1: <laughs> you're, you're a this superstar, is, mate.
0: You're... This is, this is bloody like top end.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> just wait, wait till you get your own editor, mate, and you can just, just do, oh, do more and more of this. It'd be beautiful. As
0: soon as someone else does the editing, I'll be laughing. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> Um, ah so yeah what, what what why did you get into it what makes you want to do that
1: I think it's just probably reflections over time like myself and my best mate um who uh is, is a really good footballer in his own right as well we we sort of he didn't like his sales job uh he was earning a bit of money but it wasn't you know hitting that that you know Maslow's hierarchy yeah. of needs um Yeah just wasn't hitting the purpose button at all, uh, and myself, I was working sort of some part-time gigs here and there, sort of just to keep footy afloat, really, and the and the culture that footy brings, like making sure you have got enough money to have fun on the weekends and that sort of stuff. But yeah, we're just like we're just lacking that little bit of punch, and I we we come up with the the idea of Psych for Sport, which is the program that's been going down in Frankston for the last six years now, but yeah. it was just all about getting kids effectively motivated and active and essentially psyched for sport. And it was just so, so much more rewarding seeing cause kids, kids these days, as we know, and it's gotten worse since 2014 to now, but just iPads, anything to, to yeah. occupy that side of the brain, the dopamine release from getting kills or whatever on Fortnite, And it, it's, it's sort of been, um, it's sort of teaching us that things come easy and, It's All you need to do is sit on a chair and and you get the same sort of reward and recognition for not not doing much or getting likes on Facebook.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can sit in front of my PS4 and win a World Cup in three hours. Yeah. (laughs) I
1: I do know what you mean. Yep, Yeah. And that's...
0: I mean, that's if I was any good at FIFA, but... (laughs) (laughs) No, it's instant gratification. Why work hard to actually be good at football when I could just, yeah, it's, it's instant gratification, isn't it?
1: He's spot on there, mate. And I just thought that there's a lot of, and we've touched on it a few times already in the in the first little bit of the interview. But like the what you actually get out of um, persevering and and the life skills through sport is just phenomenal. And I, I like to um to think that that everyone's got something to offer and everyone knows something you don't. And if we can pass down our prior knowledge to the to the next um, generation or just even our mates and and just be open to ideas and wanting to, you know, it's because that's why I love team sports. You've got 20 in, in AFL football, you've got 22 players. So you've got 21 other yep. minds, 20, 21 other sets of eyes. You've got all these different perspectives and lenses on life and how to play the game. But in in our lives, sometimes we just really go insular and we're just sort of thinking about the world from our point of view without consulting with anyone. And I think yeah. we'll, the theory of team sport is that we're all on the same mission. Life shouldn't be about me winning, you losing. It should be about us collectively trying to grow on our own paths but bounce ideas off each other. And uh, that's what really motivated me, if, if that makes any sense at all, Dino.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> that makes... It makes perfect sense. And it's a bit in vogue at the minute that, that men don't speak. But I think that is more prevalent in men. Because I, I know my wife is constantly talking to people about problems and how they did this. And, you know, whereas whereas guys, myself, I don't, I don't think I've lived my life like that. And I think I would have been in a different place had I done that. You no. know, I don't think I've... I, I know I haven't asked advice from people enough. Um, so I think I think that's a really good yeah you know, I think that's a really good point I think we can learn a lot more off people if we have those honest conversations.
1: Yeah, and I think it comes down to e- ego, like, and I'm I've
0: have no, got a big ego, mate. I ask anyone,
1: mate. I probably have a masters in ego, but <laughs> I, but I honestly think that as soon as you sort of start to understand that we all. All have our insecurities. We all have our, um, yeah. our shortcomings, and we actually start to chat about them. Is that and, and that ownership and that understanding that this this is yes our problem, but it's everyone else experiences it. That's when real yeah. change starts to occur. But, but so I think that's...
0: you're changing the perspective of kids. So, uh, yeah. you know, as a fourteen, a twelve, fourteen year old. Did we, at uh, our ages, get told that it was, you know, we were never explicitly told you can ask these questions, it's all right to talk. It, you know, your mates take the piss or, you you know, you, it, it was not something that was made okay. So if you're making it okay for these kids, if they're seeing an adult that they look up to say, Nah, it's good, have a chat, whether it's about sport or whatever, you, you're kind of one by one changing that pattern of behaviour.
1: Yeah, uh, spot on there mate and it is it's just about uh like when, when you've got a role model or someone who's a bit older than you that hopefully you've got that connection and rapport and respect from and you're you're acting these behaviors that you say are important then that's where the ripple effect does occur so it's uh yeah it's it's not not for everyone and there's 14 year olds who are very mature and there's 14 year olds that aren't that mature and everyone's on it you know without sounding too Um, out there everyone's on their own journey and 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 finding what's important and that's okay too so it's just about having those conversations and just doing really just trying to connect and if you don't connect with someone that's okay they'll they'll find their their person to connect with that's cool
0: yeah exactly definitely that and I think I think in that workspace you have to be fairly resilient I mean I, I, I know I've worked with junior soccer players for the last 10 years but it is quite hard when you don't when you generally are quite good at connecting when there's that one or two kids you don't fully connect with I I think you have to be quite resilient to do that.
1: Yeah at, at times absolutely there's I've, yeah I've worked with a lot of kids over the last five or so years and always there's probably only three or four um sort of kids that yeah have sort of not triggered me but just sort of gone why, why does why does that irk me or what quality in that kid or anti-quality, however you want to say it, has why why is that bring it up? And really it's just a reflection on ourselves as a as a coach or mentor. Yep. So they might have something to go, Oh my god, I was exactly like that and I didn't like that about myself or they might be yeah, they might show values that you don't like, um, and you just go, okay, like that's just reaffirming that I don't like that in in a person. However, yeah. it's not. Don't take your emotions out on this person because that's how they live their life. And you can teach, but you don't don't sort of um, yeah put them in a in a corner where you, you're really making them question who they are as a person. At the end of the day, they're only a kid, so it's yeah. it's r- real balance, and you do have to be resilient and not especially if they get personal with you, if you've hurt them in some way without knowing, you've got to really sort of just put your own ego aside and don't you don't have to win the argument.
0: No, No. you still have to... I think you still have to remember you're the adult. (laughs) That's right. right. They're a kid, you know, like they're they're a kid. They're going to, in all likelihood, they've said something to hurt you on purpose, to try and, you know, that's, that's what we do, the fight or flight kind of thing. That's right. You have to step above that. And, and otherwise you're not, you know, you're not developing them much. If they say, hey, Brad, you're an idiot. And you go, no, so are you. Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: The funny <laughs> you thing know? is there's not many adults that act like adults. So it's, uh, it's, it's quite it's quite intriguing when you do. We're, like we're, we're stuck in that nine-year-old brain of final fight. Or flight. Good point. Yeah, uh, well, and I mean, you, yeah, you, you, guys, you, you just...
0: Spill someone's beer in a pub and see how, how uh, grown up they are about it. You know, <laughs> like it's, yeah, right. <laughs> it's a good point there. we don't always behave as mature and an adult as we like to think. Yeah, <laughs> it's a valid point.
1: No, you're right.
0: So, what? So, if if someone's sitting here and they're listening to this, let's be honest, they're probably listening to this because they've got nothing better to do. Um, <laughs> that's the only reason they turn this podcast on. But if they're sitting there and going, look, you know, I'm not a qualified psychologist. I, I can't do these degrees. I want to get into youth development. What do you, What what advice would you give those guys? Because I I'm a massive believer, and I said this to Trent. Like I've offered to volunteer at, at the charity that you guys both work at, and 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 various things. It's something that interests me. How how do people go about getting into that?
1: Yeah. Another great question, mate. You're gonna be a, you're gonna be on channel seven pretty soon, I would have thought, with your journalism. Oh, don't,
0: don't say that to me, mate. I've heard the questions they ask Dan Andrews. Christ. <laughs> bit, of, bit of a side note, but when he made us when he came out and said everyone has to wear masks, no joke, one of the journos said, What about when we're drinking coffee? <laughs> the,
1: coffee thought, the coffee's already been filtered, you don't need to filter it through your mask.
0: <laughs> and he just looked at her and went, like, yeah, well, obviously you can take it off when you're having a coffee. Like, and I just thought, that is the pre, that is like the tip-top journalist in Australia.
1: just giving the people what they ask, want.
0: Oh, mate, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but it-
1: um, Oh, it's a tough, tough one. Like, it's not something that pays... Like copious amounts of money, it's more about like yep. hitting hitting your needs as a person of feeling good about helping others and and you know like you said before about you um volunteering at Life Changer and and just putting your your name in the ring and 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 doing that when when Foxy and I started with Cypher Sport it was just merely in terms of finance it's just a hobby thing, um, but it but it made us yep. feel bloody good and it. And you you want to get more of that, so you want to help more people, and then in turn it ends up becoming a career, pretty quickly. Um, but also just having a mentor and or having someone who's been in an industry that's the same or similar, uh, if they're if they're willing to to help, of course. Finding the right kind of person is so so important because you know uh, the old saying goes, a smart smart man learns from his mistakes, but a wise man learns from other people's mistakes, and yeah. And if you can short, fast track your, your own development on how to help people from other people, uh, it's so you get to yeah effectively impact more people positively, uh, which is what, what we want to do in the industry we're in, whether it be mental health and people really struggling or people just wanting a bit more out of life. What, wherever they sit on that scale, it's, uh, it's always great to add value and leave them in a better place than where they were.
0: Yeah, I, I mean... The chat I had with Trent, he was saying, and the the phrase was really good. He's sort of like giving people the positives and negatives so they know what to deal with, rather than putting a band aid over an issue that's just happened. Yes, the sort of prepare that preparing people rather than fixing a problem. That that was the bit that really hit me, to be honest. Yeah, I I like that.
1: Yeah, he's spot on there. The prevention approach and how to how to equip. Um, kids or young people with the the tools in order to to not just survive the world that we're we're living in, but to actually I don't want to use the word thrive, but to to really just you know open up their their minds and have the confidence and and the resilience. So two of the biggest qualities in my in my um circles and my belief is that you've got the confidence to do what you want, but you've got the resilience to bounce bounce back from whatever life throws at you because you, ne- yep. you need you need. You need both, really, because life's not rainbows and lollipops and it's not always doom yes. and gloom. So you need both. You need to believe in your capabilities and, um, and you, yeah, so that's but probably definitely that's, something.
0: I think that's a really good, with, with that preventative nature of what you guys try and do is you're telling kids as well, like it's not, it's not oh, look, I, you, you want to be a, a doctor. Well, this is, this is the road you're going to go down. It's not always going to be steps upward. There's going to be troughs. There's going to, I, I really like that approach because yeah. you're not saying, like I say, it's not all doom and gloom. It's, oh, you'll never do that. But it's, look, this is realistically how this path could look. This is realistically what may happen along the way. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I, yeah. it's something that really sings to me, and I, I, I'm hoping it does to people that are listening as well, because it's, it's a vital I think I think it's a vital way of moving forward for people.
1: Well, yeah, it's it's a realistic approach because there hasn't been mm. one one champion, whether it be um, Messi in soccer or Jordan in basketball or Dustin Martin in AFL. Like there hasn't been one player who's been a champion or just champion people, like real real people making change yeah. that hasn't gone through tough times. Like every single, it's almost like part of the DNA of a champion. So why don't we embrace and and flip it a little bit and go and celebrate when we are going through a tough time and go cool. This is part of this is part of me becoming a champion. And instead of instead of feeling like oh no not again, um, it's really all mindset. And and it's that's a massive part of uh, being. yeah, you know, if we can have these conversations with young people, they're not going to get in a in a lull or, or 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 turn to negative or substance abuse or whatever it might be. They can yeah. actually go. Nah, this is part of part of me becoming better uh that's pretty exciting to me
0: yeah no definitely uh, sort of there's also there's also surely a scope of different problems are different for each individual so each circumstance may be different and and what may seem a trivial problem to to you or I may be huge to someone else yeah um based on their circumstances you, you know for me for us, it might be like, I can't afford to do the week shopping this week, for example. Yep. To someone else, a major thing may be that they can't put down the deposit on their new rain driver. Yes. You know, it, they can be equally as traumatic, as yeah. Yeah, like, but, it, but it doesn't make one person's problem less valued. They're just different depending on their circumstance.
1: You're exactly right, mate, and and our past experiences dictate that. So our expectations on, you know, having a Range Rover or having a lot of food in the pantry that, that becomes our normal. And then, yeah, and everyone's Mount Everest is different. So like, yeah. you just and and we can't like we can empathize we can empathize and sympathize, but we we can't just sort of blow blow it off and be like, oh, oh, no dramas, mate. Just just drive a Ford or just drive a you know, yeah. a, a, an easier car that um, more affordable like it it's yes you can have those conversations but you've got to be um quite understanding that wow okay this, this is where they're at and that's that's totally totally fine Like that's that's ha- who you yeah. are as a person and what you've experienced so let's let's work from there that's your baseline
0: and, and you gotta like you know that person's dream may have been i want to have a range rover and they were close to being able to get it and then it then it falls away from them mm. that's that's relatively you know the same as come from a more low income family, for example, and you think well I want to have a house with more bedrooms than I grew up with, and blah 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 so it, i th- I think it's a I've said it a hundred times I think it's a brilliant sort of initiative and a, a a big step forward in in sort of helping raise better people in the future, you know.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a great program, um, life changer, and, and the programs I'm, I'm involved with, like Trevor Hendy and Scott Waters, have done a great job with that, and, and Trent's dominating too. So, um, I think yep. I think people that uh, yeah should get on board for anyone that cares about the the youth of today.
0: We're through to the last bit. You've you've done your time. You've done your sentence. Um, let's all we do every. Uh, every time that I remember, we played the this or that game. Bit of a quick fire, bit of fun at the end. Beautiful. Keen?
1: Yeah, let's let's do it, mate. We'll see. Hopefully, um, hopefully, it's a it's a good one.
0: <laughs> uh, probably not, mate. I make <laughs> them up, so it won't be that good, <laughs> mate. Where's the confidence? <laughs> let's go. So, quick fire, rain or shine, shine, win or lose. Win. Yeah, I have to say that. Red or blue? Blue. Playing or coaching?
1: Ooh, coaching.
0: Really? Yeah. Take that. Uh last one. Love COVID or fuck COVID.
1: Good one. Uh love COVID. And that's like I said at the very start, it's it's topical. Oh. It's it's um and it and it's a, a bigger picture mentality. Yes, short term, you could easily easily go fuck COVID um, quite comfortably. And and yes, it's going to impact so many people in so many different ways. But bigger picture, um, and you know, pr- no, the proof isn't in the pudding yet. But bigger picture, it would be better for humanity as a whole.
0: Perfect. I think that's a great point to leave it there, mate. Um, really enjoyed chatting to you. Thankful that you came on, mate. Like, I think it's a, it's a different flavour to some of the other chats I've had with people, which is uh, quite refreshing and, and I'm sure people are going to enjoy listening to it.
1: Uh, th- thanks for having me, Dean. It's been great just to talk a bit about our thoughts and you're doing a fantastic job in these times, mate. And um, if we can flip COVID-19's fault into COVID-19's blessing, uh, that'd be cool. <laughs>
0: there you go. Easy. Cheers, mate. Thanks for that.
1: <laughs> See you, mate.